Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Bugle. It's been a long day at the end of a long week at the end of a long month. The year has been a regular length. Your life so far, well, you won't know what proportion of it you've already passed until it's over, so it's not worth thinking about that. You've finished that report at work, you've unclogged the drain, you've solved the mystery of who killed your spouse. Now you just want to sit back and turn your brain off. You pour a drink, open brackets, unspecified, close brackets, bring up YouTube, and type in those four perfect words. Rick Astley, never gonna... Sometimes happiness is as simple as you autocomplete me. You click through to the first link and those heart-stopping, chart-topping moments sink into your ears. Yes, it's the gargle. The Sonic Glossy Magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for Visual World. All of the news, none of the politics. I'm your host, Alice Fraser. Never going to give you up. Your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are James Nokise and James Colley. Yeah! Hello. Yay! It's a double James. Yeah, the double J. We always love that. That in Australia translates to some music that was popular in the 80s and hasn't been since. That they had to <laughs> kick the like, the the old people had already. So the youth channel is Triple J. The the old people had been already kicked off, but there was the middle ground of the people who weren't willing to accept they were old yet, but were mad that the youth radio station had songs they didn't recognise. So they brought back a new station called Double J, which is for the... No, you're still young. Here's a band whose last hit was in 1996. Well, before we take hands and leap into this week's edition of the magazine, let's have a quick look at the front cover. Uh, Breaking news scientists are warning that within six months we will reach the happening. That's where everyone that was rebooted from the 80s will be complete and they'll start rebooting the reboots. The front cover this week is Australia posing with the controversy about Australia Day. And the satirical cartoon this week is the population of Australia dealing with the politics of Australia Day slash Invasion Day. No, sorry. That's just a picture of 80 frogs holding knives made out of history and nation-state identity politics in an all-out frog fight. Never bring a frog to a frog fright. You just end up with more of a frog fight. James Colley, how did you celebrate Invasion Day? Well, I can't say I was 
hugely celebrating it, but I do think that would be quite a good satirical cartoon because if they are cane toads, that is an introduced species that has destroyed a whole lot of natural habitat and ruined the lives of so many people. So I think for once, the satirical cartoon is really on the money for this one. Well, for once, uh, don't tell me that my satirical cartoons aren't always on the money. Such a backhander compliment, Jay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, how dare I? <laughs> Once again, this is miracle past. Dude, nailed it. Our top story today is our Pope popping off news, and this is the news. It's from about a week ago now, but it was too good not to share, which is that Pope Francis just <laughs> the cat this week. I'm hoping I'm, we're using bleeps here. He just, he just. <laughs> the Pope has shocked seminarians in a potty-mouthed Pope speech um, that scandalised everyone who thinks that a Pope should only say nice things. Uh, James Nukise, you're the, the son of God. Can you unpack this story for us? Uh, well, my dad will probably not deny that claim. Again, and I don't, I don't want to be stereotyped here on the gargle as the Presbyterian who's always making jokes about Catholics. But uh, once again, the Catholics uh, have f***ed up. Um, <laughs> what's happening? Is it uh, old... Pope Francy, um, the non-Nancy Pope, as he's known, he's come out and he has done an off-the-cuff address uh, in Spain. He's just riffed off the top of his pointy hat. Which is um, it's extraordinary to see a Pope do an off-the-cuff speech because so much of their outfit is just cuff. Yeah, it's, it's all cuff. Cuffs, cuffs on the head, cuffs on the wrists. Uh, if you lift up a little gown, it's probably a little bit of cuffing. Yeah, going the only on. they <laughs> won't cuff is their priests that deserve to be in cuffs. <laughs> It's true. This is the crux of it. Priests who deny penitence, absolution, uh, if, you, if you do not give absolution, then not only are you a bad priest, you are a delinquent priest. You are a naughty teenager from the 1960s to 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's the only time that delinquents have existed? I think that's the only time old people refer to delinquents. Yeah. Delinquent took over from the menace. <laughs> but the main thing, as you've alluded to, Alice, is during the speech, he was swearing. The Pope was uh, swearing and also kind of in theologically shaky ground in terms of what is Catholic doctrine uh, and what he's actually announcing. Now, we all know uh, our Latino brothers and sisters who around the New Year's time have been in the motherland and just gone off on a tangent but you don't necessarily expect it from the Pope. Well, he called them f***ing careerists, which I enjoyed very much. He said... Uh, it doesn't he sound like something the Pope would say. It sounds like something one of us would say after a whiskey in the green room. Yeah, well, he, 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 got, he, he did that classic thing where he looked at his speech and then he threw it away. Like like somebody giving a a speech in a movie, he said he threw this away. He said it was boring, and then he said uh, if we deny absolution, we become a vehicle for evil, unjust, and moralistic judgment. And then he said those who suck up for promotion are careerists who up the lives of others, which I think is extraordinary. I just think and that is the priest we I, want. This is the Pope for the new age. I just want to say thank you, Alice, for bypassing the indoctrinated mindset I had where for some reason I couldn't say the swear words. As <laughs> <laughs> soon as you said it, I was like, why didn't I just say that? And it's like, oh, it's still in there. I mean, you're allowed to say it. The Pope has said it. I think it's now compulsory to say it. I think I think <laughs> I've 
in career rests. The next time somebody comes up to me after a show and says, oh, you know, young women shouldn't swear, I can say the f***ing Pope does it, mate. <laughs> does the Pope say f*** in the woods? I don't know. It depends if the woods are in Spain. I think this is great because I love the idea that the Pope is embroiled in middle management drama. What does the Pope care about Careerist, man. Like, do you think Kev is white anting you to God? <laughs> Meetings with the Messiah and Phil is pitching ideas that you had already pitched, but he pitches it louder and more confidently. Like this is the kind of drama I want him in. And I I love this proclamation as well, that you have to get absolution even if you are not willing to change. This is a huge win for guys like me who want to be better people but don't want to do any work towards it or fundamentally change it any way. Just, like, get a run into hell. Like, I think it goes, this is how the confessional is supposed to work now. It's like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. My son, have you any intention of stopping the sin? Not hugely, no, I rather enjoy it. Sitting kind of slaps, honestly. Like, well, then you do you, you little scamp. Enjoy heaven. Like, this is this is a religion I can actually kind of get behind. You're at section now because you can't be what you can't buy. Does this sound like you? Huh, a spider. That is not enough spiders. Does this sound like you? Oh, God, oh, God, it's so many spiders! That is too many spiders. Are you covered in too many spiders but worried that if you weren't covered in any spiders at all, you'd be lonely? Then you need some spiders. Not too many spiders, not no spiders. Some spiders, like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, but with spiders. Since Prometheus got his liver eagled in the original grittiest preboot of Groundhog Day, the allure of fire to man has been its danger. We have tamed fire so well that people buy candles just for the smell. Decorative candles mocked for their inability to burn even a child's birthday cake. Candles are so domesticated nowadays, you might as well just turn on the lights. Until now. Introducing Pogo Wicks, the exactly what it sounds like product that will reintroduce the fun into your child's fourth birthday party burned down in a fun controllable inferno with Pogo Wicks. With Pogo Wicks, your candles can bounce all over the place uncontrollably so you can appreciate fire the way it was meant to be appreciated. In terror. Pogo Wicks. Pogo sticks, but on fire. Sure, you could kill two birds with one stone, and you could wear the same gown to two balls. You could kill birds like a cool person, with Morlob's custom bird stone. A different stone for every bird. We believe in diversity, inclusivity, and that everyone deserves to be somewhat hydrated. That's why we're proud to introduce half a glass of wet. It's half a glass of water, but for people who don't know the word for water. Half a glass of wet. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I know for a lot of the listeners here that we are the only audio porn that you need. This story is the news that women, specifically women, are turning to audio porn in droves, presumably inspired by Dancy Lagarde's audio series of pornographic books. James Colley, you listen to the radio. Can you unpack this audio porn tale? Yeah, sure. Uh, So uh, this is the story of the erotic audio app Quinn. Uh, now, this this has a blistering opening because it starts by claiming that one of the creators on the app, Zach Cohen, who uh, also records a good number of the erotic stories, is responsible for, as the article puts it, half a million female orgasms and counting, which means between the two of us, we are responsible for half a million and one female orgasms and counting, though one of those may have been faked. Now... <laughs> This is an amazing uh, setup for this app. So this is like the run in uh, a horny sounds. Horny sounds for women. Horny sounds for women is a uh, burgeoning industry. Uh, (laughs) I really like this because it's a scenario based situation, which I would say all pornography is. They just don't put a heap of effort into the scenarios. It's more pizza mishap is the tends to be the genre or thing or family situation that will surely get awkward very soon but <laughs> these have a more a more depth of story let's say that it pushes on imagination like to quote zach uh he said the first half of all of my audios aren't even explicit it's just a boyfriend audio it's hey you're getting home let's sit down and talk about your day what's the good news what's the bad news let's reaffirm any boundaries we have I think that guy is cheating on you. (laughs) If your boyfriend says, hey, sit down, can I rub your feet? Hey, just checking, can we reaffirm the rules of monogamy just in case we're both a little hazy? God, it's crazy how I keep forgetting how it works. I think there's something going on there. Also, like this presumes that he's just talking to you and not responding personally to any of the answers that you give. He's completely on autopilot. I don't think you need a pretend boyfriend for this i think you can just get anyone who's not paying attention to your needs actually to run a script at you i also think that um it's amazing what a success this has been now um part of this is that (laughs) he keeps claiming that imagination is a huge part of this and uh like there's understandable parts of it pornography doesn't hugely cater to women and it's often you know kind of a little seedy and this is trying to uh i guess add some depth to it and people love depth but this app is a massive success with three quarters of a million users which is why i think today we should all work together and announce our own spin-off podcast the snuggle audio pornography for a sterile world if we can (laughs) we can work together i think we can really sex up the rest of this podcast well, I certainly want all of our listeners to imagine that while we deliver all of these uh, lol-worthy lines, we're spooning you 
um, because that's what it feels like to have a comedian as a partner, just somebody cuddling up behind you, uh, needily trying to get you to tell them if their bits are working or not. And by bits, I do not mean sexy bits. That's such a good... We've got to submit that as our first scenario. Is this bit working? (laughs) Hey, baby, baby, is this thing on? I mean... When I was first reading about this, I was like, oh, I mean, maybe this is better. Maybe this would be better for me conceptually than than visually engaging pornography, which I spent a lot of my time just thinking what a a feat of mainly stamina it looks like on the part of mainly the women. It just looks very, as somebody who used to run long distance, I'm just like, just give that lady a power aid. Is somebody solving her chafing issues? It doesn't look comfortable, and I feel like they're not necessarily good enough actors to make it look like. I mean, I feel like pornography, mainstream pornography, is only really good if you're really turned on by really bad acting. So, do you think that then Tom Hanks and Helen Mirren could drop the hottest porn of the year if they really like? If you really put your your character work into it, I think that would be a, a charming American pornography. 100%, 100%, just get a couple of dames in there uh, for the realism, because this is the problem, suspending the disbelief is the real issue here, which I think is not actually relieved by it being only audio, because I've now done enough audio in my life that I'd just be listening for the production value, you know, I'd just be like, oh, I wonder what their sound booth is like. That's that's such a, I'm reading the Playboy for the articles bullshit lie. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, I, it's the audio production that I'm interested in personally. Oh, it just sounds so roomy, you know, it just sounds so... <laughs> I mean, she's peaking, but he's peaking, if you know what I mean. I'm just so confused because I feel like this is for people under 40. oh god can you imagine the boomer parents trying to get their children to help them access this pornography as as it it starts he's talking he's asking me how my day's going is it has it started (laughs) it's very nice it's It's very polite blasting on a bluetooth speaker that's set up in the barbecue area (laughs) out the back i just felt like in the Back in the day, I don't want to like patronize any listeners, but back in the day, you could just phone someone and they do porn to you down the phone. There was a whole no. I I am into this. I'm into giving your boomer boomer parents this app as their birthday present and waiting for them to desperately try and disconnect it from the Sonos speakers. There's a perfect here that like I I really like audiobooks. I still love audiobooks, and I hate when a sex scene starts when I'm like grocery shopping or something, they're like, what if one of my headphones falls out and the local priest hears it and I am immediately kicked out of this Woolworths? Like, I, I worry about the the public ramifications of this podcast. Though I suppose you could also watch Pornhub. It's just harder to hide. But, <laughs> but you do keep listening to the sex scene while you're doing your shopping. Yeah, I have to listen to something while I'm jerking off at the grocery store. <laughs> Really, I would find it difficult to concentrate with people shagging in my head while I'm trying to. Why do I keep I going back to the courgette? Why does, yeah. Did you get stuff for dinner? No, I got courgette, some salsa. I don't know what that's about. I have 12 cucumbers and I'm ready to cook. Do you think people are out there actually listening to porn while they go shopping? I mean, it seems obvious, right? But like, do you go like, get your headphones, go to Pornhub, go, you know what? Let's make this a good shop. Boom. Clean up in aisle five. Yeah. <laughs>
Now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Uh, James Nokise, what have you brought in for us this week? Alice, I've bought a crime. I've bought a crime from ah. New Zealand. It's a very New Zealand crime, James. Uh, Waiheke Island, uh, which is a small island off the coast of Auckland. Uh, I'm going to be there which, next week. Well, there you go. Um, it's it, it translates to, heck, there's a lot of white people here. And <laughs> I will be one of those. Waiheke. And, um, for about a year now, someone, and I, I must say, this is a true crime story being investigated by New Zealand police and covered by the national news at, at the moment for over a week now. Um, for a year, someone has been leaving um, sausages in bread, sometimes with tomato sauce, sometimes without, in letterboxes around Waiheke Island. And no one knows who it is or why they're doing it or what it means but it's freaking everybody out. And it's become a nationwide story. <laughs> Waiheke Sausage Watch. Uh, it's been covered on the prime uh, primetime news and magazine channels. And, and people are just trying to figure out who's doing it, why they're doing it, and what it means. I also want you to know that this is right now the most famous crime in New Zealand for quite some time. I mean, that sounds amazing. It's like the reverse thief, but the worst reverse thief. Do you have any theories on like if, who, who's your main suspect? Well, well, here's the funny thing. On Waiheke Island, there stays occasionally uh, a man who's very famous in New Zealand, um, and he is known as the Mad Butcher. And I'll be honest, he's probably suspect number one. Now, you're probably going, oh, is he famous? He's quite famous for two things. One, being a butcher that sells discount prices, and two, supporting rugby league. And he's such a great supporter of local communities and rugby league that he was knighted several years ago. So Sir Mad Butcher is probably the <laughs> key suspect and who's putting free sausages in the letterboxes <laughs> around the small island in New Zealand. And I'm just looking forward to Netflix deciding to make a miniseries out of this. Hopefully I'll get cast as one of the sausages. How many is that out of five, James? Well, look, I'm going to give it three, but with tomato sauce, it's going to go to four. That's pretty good, especially if you don't have to pay for the tomato sauce. We live in these beleaguered times. I'm old enough to remember when tomato sauce was free. Would you take a letterbox sausage? I feel like I wouldn't take a letterbox sausage. What stage oh, of our artistic careers are we in when the sausage appears? <laughs> how, how early in the arts I, journey are we when the sausage appears in our letterbox for free? I hate that I know I would absolutely eat it. I would need a timestamp on the sausage. You're a rookie comic. Podcasts haven't been invented yet. You're not sure if you're going to be able to pay rent. And then a sausage appears in the letterbox. I just feel like what we're get what we're missing is the is the part of this story where somebody is exhaustively describing in detail the placement of the sausage inside the letterbox and selling it as audio pornography. <laughs> you can put your sausage inside my letterbox, she said wistfully. <laughs> James, Collie, what have you brought in for us to review this week? I'm bringing in a 
this week, meditation. I want to have a mindful start. Uh, I started meditating in the new year. I was uh, pushed by a friend who said it would uh, really change your life if you started meditating once a day. And uh, I was I was keen. I, I love the idea of becoming one with everything. It's my favorite order. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the stress of having to meditate every day and the push notification that comes to my phone and then to my wrist be like, have you meditated yet? Have you, have you been mindful? Are you more mindful than you were you need to be more mindful here are your stats on mindfulness for the past month it's really starting to stress me out <laughs> and if, if meditation in itself hasn't stressed me out enough i did try one where i spent the last couple of weeks working on a show in a service department away from my family uh in a different city as well i didn't just pack up and say sorry guys i'm, I'm going to an apartment here it's in a different city but um i was staying in this place and i decided to do a short meditation called finding the joy in your life lovely concept and i closed my eyes and it told me to uh think about color in your life and appreciating color all around you and when you open your eyes again notice and really take stock of the colors in the room around you. And so I opened my eyes and uh, the sheets were white. The bed frame was black. The walls were white. The carpet was gray. The curtains were dark gray. The ironing board I still had set out had a white base with a gray board and a white iron on it. And above the bed was a bit of corporate art in a black frame that showed an abstract gray mountain shape on a white background. I deleted the <laughs> app and I found some joy in doing that. So I will say two stars. Two stars for the meditation app. And now it's time for an ongoing story that I think is not getting enough coverage in the mainstream news, given that it's one of the largest financial crimes possibly in human history. And this is our FTX update for the week. And this is the news that Sam Bankman-Fried has launched a substack. Sam Bankman-Fried, who's been on an ongoing national tour, uh, international tour of all of the internet, where he's tried to explain his story, told a million lies, seems to think that he can out-dance justice has decided to launch the most internet of outlets, a substack in which he describes all of the things that he did in the past incredibly inaccurately. Uh, James Nukise, you are interested in uh, cryptocurrency scams. Can you unpack this story for us? As you said, Ellis, um, the strangest looking fraud man in the world, Sam Bankman, right? He's launched a substack which it's very hard to, to, to understand what he's trying to do because to our two-dimensional thinking, he's trying to prove his innocence. But he's he's got stuff going in here where he's he's thrown he's just written. I'll just read you a quote. I'll just read you a quote from uh the man himself. I didn't seal funds and I certainly didn't stash billions away. Nearly all of my assets were and still are usable to backstop FTX customers. I have, for instance, offered to contribute nearly all my personal shares in Robinhood to customers or 100% if the Chapter 11 team would honor my DNO legal expense identification, which sounds like something, but it's absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> to put it in, in layman's terms, is oh, I'll give you the money, but they won't let me have my money but I'd give you the money. Yeah, I'm not legally entitled to my money because I stole it, I'd like to I'd like to mention, but if I had the money, I'd give it to the people I stole it from because I've been caught, uh, but important. It, it's extraordinary behaviour. The legal principle is, oh, I'm good for it. 
This is how tech bros beg for their lives. They just get a sub stack and they're like, oh, man, okay, next week, can I get it to you? <laughs> the Godfather 4 is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. The Godfather, God, yeah. It's Pacino's nephew just accidentally rips off the mafia and then launches a sub stack while hiding from them from around the world. For somebody who managed to sell so many people on the concept of imaginary Beanie Babies, the value of which was backed by imaginary tulips from history, I don't think he's wrong to believe that he can talk anyone into anything. It's just that I don't think you can talk anyone into anything when you've been arrested and are currently wearing an ankle bracelet. It sort of takes some of the jazz hands out of your presentation, you know? Yeah, you yeah, can't I really be a magician doing the trick once people have seen how the trick's done. I mean, you can still do the trick, but you can't pretend it's mystical powers anymore. I think there is a bit of this where, like, it's sad to see that breakdowns aren't fun anymore. What happened to <laughs> dyeing your hair, like, just peroxiding yourself, or, you know, the, like the Coney guy, get a naked and have running down a street? Like, starting a sub-stack, man? That's, that's just pretty up. And also, it's a classic mistake. Famously, when you have a major crime, what you do is you go to prison first, then you start writing, and it becomes a really thoughtful and interesting book. You can't do it beforehand, being like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm super innocent of this. That's the OJ principle. We know this. The book isn't good, and no one believes it anyway. What has happened to crime shame? Like, what has happened to going out of the house uh, and being ushered to the police van with, like, a coat over your head? This, I mean, I feel like the, the way that Sam Bagman's free is going is if he's ushered to the car, he'll be, like, posing for selfies, or if he has a coat under his over his head, he'll be podcasting under it on the way to the court. I don't know if he understands that the judge is not going to be subscribed to his substack. I do like part of this. Like, there's an easier way... To get through this, which is like, here's, here's an easy way than having to set up your Substack because you have never seen a friend set up a Substack and be like, I bet their bank account is going great. <laughs> I bet their bank account and mental health are tip top and this will be a fantastic rollicking read. But there's a way for us to do this. So if instead of going through all the rigmarole of setting up a Substack, he say, appeared in court to face the eight criminal charges, then we could have someone there doing a kind of live substack on a little typewriter <laughs> that could then be publicly distributed to everyone. It would be in newspapers. There might even be film footage for those of us who prefer the movie to the book. I think that's a simpler way to go about it. He's sort of a rat compulsively going after the cheese if the cheese is people's attention and his just unflagging belief in his ability to make people believe what he says if he just says it hard enough. The only thing I think would be interesting is if there was a twist where just like eight Substack newsletters in, he just writes a small confession in there and then just keeps going. And just <laughs> just for the people who've stayed with him, it's like, look, if you stay, or just starts dropping hints every Substack, he just <laughs> like, finishes with, a, of course, and uh, next time I'll be confessing dot, dot, dot. And it gets to the next Substack. Uh, oh, it's no, like, it's behind the paid tier, the paywall. The and then tier. in the middle of the court, the findings that the judge says, I need you to tell me the truth. And he'll say, I'm sorry, judge, you have to subscribe uh, if you want to find out the truth behind this link. For our premium subscribers, I will admit one crime I did, and we can have a personal one-on-one -on -one lunch that will last an hour at a restaurant of your choice. This is his OnlyFans strategy. Just reveal one more sexy crime. <laughs> <laughs> 
love only frauds. Okay, we've got we've got to create the snuggle. We've got to create only frauds. Where there's a lot of work to be done after this episode. We are the worst tech entrepreneurs. <laughs> well, second worst. He's still out there. <laughs> this is our final story for today. Misinformation news now. And that's not uh, that's not the daughter of Mr. Information and Mrs. Information. This is the news that anti-vaxxers in America have made the hashtag died suddenly go viral. Uh, and then it went extra viral when people who uh, could read got on board and realised that suddenly isn't spelled with three Ds. Uh, James Colley, you can spell. Can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, so this is a a trending topic. Uh, Most people would check the dictionary. They did their own research and found out how to spell it. Uh, Died suddenly is uh, something that gets subscribed to anyone who dies. Anyone who dies now who ever had the vaccine, which is the vast, vast majority of the population, who, I will remind you, were also dying before COVID, uh, are now part of this massive conspiracy. And whenever this happens, anyone, anyone who has a medical issue, anyone who passed away or just has some uh, shocking thing happen to them is then uh, brought in by this cause. It's like a, a very like Mormon baptism way of going about your medical research. And my favorite one that they brought in. So this is included. Recently, there's an NFL player for the Bills, a guy named Damar Hamlin, who went to cardiac arrest on the field. It was a very scary story. He had to be revived on the field. He made an incredible recovery. But on that specific one, they claim this as part of the results of vaccine. I would say he was pretty clearly playing heavy contact football. And like, I, I look, a lot of these are a stretch, but that one's a, a cat in the morning, big old stretch. Look at how far you can go. Because I, I love watching the NFL and I can say I'm never doubting how they got injured. I think when you run headfirst into a 150 kilogram man who's also running headfirst into you, you never see them both drop to the ground and go, must have been that Pfizer that got them. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think, I think if we're going through the Occam's razor here, it doesn't come up. Part of me is impressed at their dogged determination to still push on with these things. Now, I uh, spent a lot of time in Melbourne. I've lived in Melbourne a long time, one of the most locked down cities on earth. It has also not been in lockdown for quite a while now, but every weekend, the anti-lockdown protesters are still out. I think they're allowed to be because we're not in lockdown anymore and protesting against the idea of it. And this this died suddenly is just the latest little, uh, shall we say, death rattle of this movement. But it's amazing that they pushed it because so, so many people are still alive. And that really hurts the argument. And the longer so many people are still alive, the harder it becomes. Because you have to be like, well, yeah, the first four were fine, but it's the fifth booster that really gets you. That's the one where (laughs) they put the, the chemicals and the mind drones in. How they must wish for a mass extinction event that kills millions, like uh, COVID. COVID would be a great example of something that happened that killed a lot of people. But unfortunately, the vaccine has kind of stopped that from happening a bit. James Nokise, how do you feel about this story? Well, you know, uh, in my experience at a pandemic, I've bumped into two types of people who are against the vaccines. Uh, people who just hate mandates in general and have a, sl- a misplaced uh, the normal hate for their government for just any hate for science. And then people who are just like, it's we can't trust the government or scientists or government scientists. 
but also we can't trust the Jews and gays. And then there's like, and it always spirals out. I mean, the wonderful thing about America is it never stays in its lane when it's bigotry, is it? They're always like, okay, it's, we're against the science and the homosexuals. And like, it, it somehow always mutates, if you will, into something slightly beyond the control of the people who are trying to contain the anti-vaccine to just one thing. And then suddenly it gets beyond the, and then other people are being drawn in as well. And it's just spreading beyond their, beyond the need of their control. <laughs> I think my problem is that I totally understand not trusting the government. And I know that there are plenty of institutions that are corrupt and easily manipulable. And I think that's all very reasonable to pay attention to is that that you should be careful about who you trust. I don't really understand why you decide not to trust the government, but you do decide to trust somebody who has a wig made out of hats and a hat made out of wigs. Because the person I... with the wig made out of hats, he goes, hey, you, you who trust me, you. You're smart for trusting me. You go, oh, no one's ever called me smart before. Because my <laughs> thing is my mates who aren't into the vaccine, they were dumb before. <laughs> like, like they're not suddenly, the guy, they were never the guys we went to to go, hey, man, what do you think about this vaccine? And like, he'll have the answer. We were like, whatever you do, don't give him something sharp. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of this is it's, it's nice to be in a club like this is energy that before this started was like heavily pushed into who's launched against the vice principal of a cricket club. Like the, the, these used to be like about who actually has the best sponge cake at the fair and how it's all messed up and it's not true. And it's all just friendship groups and things like that. It's like, it's like we talk about a lot of like, uh, bug classifiers that uh, along for a long time a there were a lot more people who found their happiness classifying bugs in their backyard and that was a something that was just a thing people did that ended up being very very useful to our general knowledge as a population i feel like the people who say that they don't trust experts are generally just don't trust experts when they disagree with their vibes on like a particular political thing like you're not going to uh you're not going to get your grandma to fix your car you're not like you do trust an expert when it's something uh, like building a bridge or uh, you, you know if you've if your kidney's fallen out i don't think you're just going to trust the guy on the internet who says uh to buy his book at that point i think you want the guy who's had some experience putting kidneys back in i do think the one thing the positive to come out of this that um we don't talk about enough is that it has really lit Facebook back up. Like Facebook was on the ropes as far as a platform goes. And now you can find some of the most fun and cooked stuff. And everyone on the whole platform is always at the end of their rope. There is no other, like people say like Twitter's mean and Instagram's unbelievable, all these things. No one is just sick of the world. Like every single post on Facebook, every single one can start with, I've had enough of this, or I am fed up, or you won't believe what's happened today. Like, you know, it's the social networking site for people who are about to throw up their window and scream out into the city. That's all the time we have for the show. I'm flipping through the ads at the back. Uh, James Nukisa, have you got anything to plug? I have a uh, new podcast uh, on February 9th called Fair Game Pacific Rugby Against the World, which is um, all about Pacific athletes um, getting screwed over by world rugby. Or is it? Uh, you'll have to listen to find out. 
Oh, exciting. Uh, James Colley, what have you got to plug? I have a uh, book coming out with Pantera Press uh, called The Next Big Thing. Uh, if you would like to pre-order it, you can't because I haven't finished writing it yet and it's due pretty soon. So I'm just saying it on this podcast so I can bully myself into getting back to work and finishing it off. Excellent. Uh, I have launched season two of my Tea with Alice podcast. I did 300 episodes and that was season one. And then I took a year off to have a baby and uh, now I am I'm doing it again. It's much higher quality than season one, which I was the editor and producer of. Now I have a producer and an editor, or should I say a peditor, which is to say the same editor as this podcast, uh, Ped Hunter. You can find me online at uh, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. That's a one-stop shop full of my stand-up special podcasts and blogs, as well as my Tea with Alice salons and my weekly writers meetings. If you want to come and write with me, that's the place to go. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories, and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com